Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. If you're really enjoying these episodes, I do my best to bring people to the platform that are just amazing and fantastic. Be sure to subscribe, hit the like button, and share. Today is no exception. We have with us an absolute rock star in the industry, has really done everything that everybody's trying to accomplish at this moment, uh, is a controlling partner of the Southeast region in Florida. She South currently Florida. South, South Florida. Florida, yes. Yeah. Uh, region owns three title companies uh, in process of moving forward with other projects. She's the number two couple profit share earner uh, in the whole company. And she also has a seventh level business, the one and only Miss Nikki Ubaldini. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with me here today. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were talking a little bit before we uh, push record. You have this very interesting kind of story and journey through real estate from going from an individual agent who's very high performing, I think the best in the state for an extended period of time for another company. And then once you got involved with Keller Williams, really going in the route of kind of vertical integration and market centers and things of that nature. So if you could maybe from the beginning as an agent, start there and then we'll work our way forward. Well, my husband and I started together as a team. Um, and actually we were still working uh, six nights a week um, as we did real estate by day, seven days a week, we were in the entertainment business. Um, my husband was a musician. I was a professional dancer and we did Broadway Vegas style reviews. Yes. No, I was not a stripper. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. And so we, uh, it, it just happened by chance that we, you know, got our licenses because we wanted to continue to invest in real estate. And then somebody challenged us and you don't challenge Gary and Nikki. And we just started making phone calls. We did a lot of lead generation on the phone and we started getting listings. And next thing you know, we were doing real estate by day and entertainment by night. So the first five years of our career, that's pretty much what we did. So it allowed us to put pretty much everything that we were making back into the business. And we created this huge marketing machine. And of course, that was back in the day when it was a very, very strong buyer's market. So... Um, uh, and uh, and we just we just created this this amazing business, and then we naturally started growing it. Um, we were some of the first people in in the area to to build teams. Um, we were plugged into something called the Howard Brinton Star Power Network. Uh, we were interviewed in 1994 uh, with Linda and Jimmy McKissick. They were our they have since long been our best friends and business partners. Um, but we were interviewed with them because our businesses were parallel. We had young children um, and we were growing our businesses outside of the norm by building teams. And um, we did it very organically. Um, we didn't really know uh, really much what we were doing. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. We treated it a lot like family. And sometimes, as you know, that's great. And sometimes it's not so great because uh, family can be great or family can stink. So it's one of those things. Um so as we continued to grow our business, um, we got introduced to Keller Williams by Linda and Jimmy McKissick, and we got to meet Gary Keller. 
And we actually um, went to training um, at Keller Williams for two years before we uh, came on board. But it was funny because we said, you know, oh, we'll, we, we'll never own a real estate company, never own a real estate office ever. And it was because every one that we'd ever seen was just struggling. They weren't profitable. They weren't successful. And from that light, the people were wonderful, but they were like, they were selling real estate just to fund the business. Mm-hmm. And that didn't seem like fun for us. You know, we, we, you know, we wanted to have a profitable opportunity, but um, of course, Gary Keller's philosophy is a lot different. And Mo Anderson is Mo Anderson. Those of you that might know who she is, she's the former CEO of Keller Williams and Mo continued to pursue us. And, um, and Gary finally came to us and said, look, um, because of your recognition in our state, because we were the number one agents um, at another company for four years prior, a very large company, actually, um, he wanted us to uh, take on the rights of South Florida region and, um, and, and help to grow the South Florida region because it hadn't been very successful at that point. So we agreed to. And we joined the company in uh, December of 1998. And um, we opened our first market center in June of uh, 1999. Uh, And in the meantime, we merged two of those offices that were in our area that weren't doing very well. They were the only experience we had with KW and they were not good offices in the sense of being smart business people. We merged them into our office, and actually the very first Keller Williams agent ever in the state of Florida is in our office today. She's uh, still with us. She's in her 80s. Wow. Caps every year. And uh, (laughs) it's an absolute hoot. In fact, you probably should interview her sometime. That is Um, fantastic. So I'm just taking notes here. So um, the story is awesome. First, it began with like super hard work ethic. That's one of the things I'm pulling out. Because it was like you were working two jobs, you're doing the entertainment thing in the evening, sell real estate, which I think, you know, um, I know for some people who have that, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, like that's normal. But I'm aware that that's typically not normal, what most people would do. Then it seems like that work ethic got you to a place where the business was doing really well. And then you started to leverage through people. And you you didn't kind of know what you were doing. But then what's really interesting to me is you spent two years training with Gary. So tell me, what was it about those two years? Like, what did you gather up, soak up? Like, what was the change in mental maps? Mm -hmm. What was the change in like, um, kind of strategy, uh, or mindset that allowed you to really make that transition? Well, it was interesting because the previous company that we'd been with, they always talked, um, gross commission, gross commission, gross commission. They never talked business concepts. Um, and it was really quite the rat race. And in fact, it, one year as we stood on stage, um, we were in the top 10 internationally for this company. I think we were number seven at the time. The person, what some, one of our friends who did not, they wanted to be number one, actually had spent more money than they had made because it was more of the rat race to have the title of number one. And of course they never made it there. So, you know, that was the, that was the, what we were taught. It was just this constant, you know, game of, you know, increase the GCI, but never really looking at the bottom line. 
So when we started going to see Gary Keller, he started talking all these business concepts. Bottom line, it's about profit. How much are you keeping? It doesn't matter how much you're grossing. How much are you keeping? How much are you keeping? And it really changed our whole focus to become more business minded. We used to say that it was it was like our, um, you know, getting our PhD in, in business, you know, getting our master's of business, whatever we wanted to talk about it. It was it was it was a whole different way of thinking about our real estate practice. And in fact, we were in a mastermind with Gary Keller for those two years. And that's where the millionaire real estate agent book came from. That's wild. And if you look in the back, we're in the back of that book and we laugh and say, it's because of all the mistakes that we made, he was able to teach everybody else what not to do. And, um, and so, yeah, that was the thought process. He, he changed our, our minds from being salespeople to being business people. And there's a big difference. It's a gigantic difference. And it's interesting because as you're saying that, that's exactly what I wrote down is you shifted from like a kind of sales technician mindset to -hmm. being a business, not only person, but also kind of owner mindset, which is where I own a system. Yeah. More entrepreneurial thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, um, And also more focused from a financial standpoint, you know, right now I see agents, uh, you know, really, really successful agents that get caught up in, you know, my GCI or my volume and they're not making any money because they're not looking at their model properly Um, and they don't really understand. They don't have a budget. They're not running from a budget. And so they, they, you know, they end up spending a ton of money. They throw money at things versus making wise business decisions. And they also make comments like this. This is one of my favorite things they say. Oh, I really want to buy that boat. Okay. That will take me three more sales. Yeah. No, you don't talk like that. That yeah. when you start thinking of how many more sales it takes to buy something, that's, that's the wrong attitude. You, you need to think about when my net gets to this, I'll have this much money to invest in that or you know, and then that things. asset will pay for that other thing. Exactly. Yeah. You got to start. And so I, I, you know, I chuckle when I hear that because we've all been there as salespeople. Um, but that's not the right thought, thought yeah. process if you want to continue and grow. Yeah. And if you want mm-hmm. to uh, have an environment in which you're insulated from the ebbs and flows of things, right? Right. Exactly. So, um, it sounds like a couple of things you got from that business mindset versus salesperson mindset. The other thing I heard you say was like an economic model, which right. was like, okay, how do I actually think about this? If X amount comes in, that's gross. That doesn't mean I can, that's not real revenue. First, I got to pay a broker, I got to pay agents. And then mm-hmm. what's left is real revenue. And from there is expenses and things of that nature. And I'm curious, was that like a big woe for you? Was that like, holy smokes, were you doing some of that already? Or was this like well, from a whole nother planet? To- in all honesty, I have to thank my husband because he was always very financially conscientious. Um, you know, uh, even when we were in the entertainment business, he tracked every dollar that we ever made. Um, and, you know, we always saved money. We, we always lived in the principle of you needed to save money. You know, we always paid our bills first and always paid our bills on time. And we always put money in, you know, in, in, in the bank account. So um, he was always very focused on that. But we didn't, I mean, but that was just, it was kind of a, a, a learning, I think, from his growing up. He didn't have a lot and neither did I. Both of us were, were we grew up very poor. And so his mindset was, is I don't want to be poor, um, as was mine. And yet he's also a very much better money manager than I am. I mean, that's his, his, 
his uh, behavior is more analytical than mine. Um, I'm more of the driver and he's more of of the analytical guy. So we kind of, it was a nice match. So, um, and in fact, I never really even paid attention to like how much we were doing. I I just did, you know, we would set a goal and and he'd say, we're not there yet. Keep going. I'd say, okay, keep going. I just, I didn't, I thought about taking care of people, you know, just taking care of people. And I knew the money would come. If I took care of enough people, the money would come. And that's basically what happened. And then we just started leveraging ourselves. And actually the first leverage was a part-time assistant. That was the very first hire that we did. The biggest mistake is we waited too long to hire her. Okay. And Uh, I'm curious, what was behind waiting too long. I know for me, what it was is like the fear of spending money. Is that what it was, it was for you the guys? Fear of, of being responsible for somebody else's paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that somebody else was going to feed themselves from a paycheck that we were going to feed them. And so she started part-time. Uh, and then about a year into it, I found out I was pregnant with our first child and well, guess what? Hello, time to have a full-time assistant. And she, she was awesome. She stayed with us for quite some time. Um, and then we just started adding people from there to leverage ourselves because as we were having children, um, we needed to have more people to help us. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and so we started all with admin. And actually, we did this all natural. This is all well before uh, the millionaire real estate agent model. We hired all admin people first, which is what Gary encourages. That's level one, level two, level three, level four. And then you start hiring a sales team. You hire your buyer specialists and things like that. And so we we did it pretty much naturally. So when we when we met with Gary, um, we and we started meeting with Gary, we were probably at like level four, level uh, level four, level five between there, um, where we had a couple of buyer specialists, and you know we had two to three admin, and you know our team was doing you know upwards of three hundred transactions. So that's awesome. And then what helped you to make, cause I find like, I, that's kind of where I'm at, like that level four, level five, we've been doing that for a while. So I'm curious, like what caused you, like, what was it specifically that allowed you to elevate to that next level? Right. Well, because I mean, it, opportunity, uh, you know, we saw opportunity. We wanted to, uh, we wanted to open a Keller Williams market center, you know, which we, we still didn't really know what we were doing, but well, you know, why did you want to do that though? Like what caused you to be like, yes, I want to do that. Well, we, they were so profitable. The ones that we saw, you know, in Austin and of course, Gary Keller's, you know, he was very open and, and sharing and shared us how, how it worked and all of that. And of course, since then, now everything is documented. Now it's almost impossible to fail unless you just don't do anything. Um, you know um, and that's what makes it so much fun and, you know, we were profitable from day one and that was really, really exciting. Um, and that's allowed us to grow that market center to this day has over 400, 420 agents um, in, in the Palm Harbor office. That was the office that we launched. Um, and then we uh, launched a second office in Tampa um, in uh, 2003. And uh, and then we uh, we purchased a third office that was um, struggling. The owner was going through some personal issues and um, it was in 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 our area. And we bought that one in 2003 at the end of 2003, December. So we have three market centers that we're the controlling partners of. I actually just stepped out of the OP OP role this last uh, 
in this last uh, three months. Um, I replaced myself um, as though I have a hired OP. Yeah. And um, and that allows me to be able to focus on other things. That is so awesome. Now, I'm curious when you were starting, let's say the one in Tampa, did that require you? What did that look like? Because you had a family and everything. Did you have to like go over there all the time? Like what was the Yeah, experience? actually I did. And it's not far. I mean, it's about it's about a 35, 40 minute drive. But it was funny. I, that's actually been deemed the fastest Keller Williams office launch in history. Um, I was, uh, Gary Keller had actually encouraged me to do it as did Mark Willis, who was the CEO at the time. They both said, you know, when, when you're ready to do your next one, you should do it there because it complements where your location. And I said, yeah, but it's not in my region. And they said, don't worry about it because when, when, you know, that region's probably going to be sold at some point and we'll, we'll work it out. I said, okay. So, um, it was funny because we had just gotten back from a family reunion, the uh, Keller Williams family reunion. It was in February. And um, we got, uh, I got a phone call from uh, uh, the regional owner of North Florida. And they said, I understand that you're interested in this territory. I said, yes, I am. He said, well, just want to give you a heads up. There's another application coming in. So if you are, you might want to get your application in. Now this is like February 20th. Okay. And I'm like, okay. So I went into my office and I said, okay, I, I, I put out an email, called a bunch of agents and said, anybody wants to help me launch this, I'd love to launch it through you. I'd love to build your downline. So who do you know that I should talk to? And I had about 20 people show up in the room. And uh, Mark Olish, who is our regional director, was a brand new agent. He was a newbie agent, his first, first year or so in the business. And he was in that room. And he's the only person that called me after that meeting. And he said, yeah, this is some history. And he said, hey, I've got somebody I think you should talk to. I said, oh, okay, great. And he said, "Um, I already called them. I'm like, wow. He said, and they said they want to talk to you. I said, fantastic. He said, "Um, I actually did a transaction with them and they were wonderful to work with. He said, you know, I've never physically met them. Because, you know, the the seller was out of town. And so I never, so everything we did was over the phone, but they were wonderful to do business with. I said, great. I said, well, do you know how much business they're doing? He said, I don't know, 10, 12 million. I said, okay, that sounds great. So I scheduled an appointment to meet with them. And of course I, I looked up their stats and they were doing 30 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> so here he is, here, a brand newbie had called this $30 million producer, no fear, just said, hey, this is what's happening. You interested in hearing? And they said, sure. Met them in Starbucks. And they were so funny. After about an hour and a half, they said, you know, we had, we came here with no interest in your company. We wanted to know what you were up to. That's what we came here for. Because we remember you because you used to be in our company. Yeah. In our franchise. And I said, yeah. yes. And they said, but we are so intrigued now. We've got, we've got to know more. And I said, well, who else should I talk to? And they gave me a couple of names and then who else? And then next thing you know, I had my six investors. So I had six top agents. We call those our core group um, that were investors. And their job was to each go and get five cappers each and bring them to help us launch. And they each did that. And we literally opened our doors on uh, April 15th. So, so awesome. and we had, uh, we had 40 agents, we opened our doors. So, um, 
30, excuse me, 30 agents when we opened our doors in April 15th. And then I was the team leader <laughs> until I replaced myself in December. Um, and in the meantime, I was buying the, the market center. And yeah, I was a little busy right then. But Just a I, little you know, bit. You Just do a what smidge. You do. Yeah, I know. And I guess I'm wondering, so like how important was it for you to have the seventh level business to be able to focus on this other stuff? Well, they, we weren't seventh leveled at that yet, at that point. Yet. You weren't? No. <laughs> no, we were both still in the business. Um, uh, Gary was doing most of the listings at that time, and he was training listing partners. But most of the, back in you know, 2003, we were both still in the business very, very much. I was running the whole buyer side, um, and um, I was doing uh, all of the closings. And uh, yeah, I did. we had, you know, I, then I hired a closings manager shortly thereafter, but, you know, they came to me with all the closing stuff because our focus was to keep Gary on listing appointments because he was good at it. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he loved to do. And he was a master at listings. So, um, you know, he was out there bringing in a couple hundred listings a year, two, 300 listings a year. So um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was a lot of work. And then we, you know, we just leveraged ourselves with a lot of good talent around us. Wow. Yeah. I imagine that we just leveraged ourselves out of jobs. That's all. Yeah. I just imagine that like with all (laughs) that's intense, right. Uh, As far as like, not only your level of production that you guys were doing, which was very high, but also starting companies and starting market centers and things of that nature. So like, what would you advise for those people who perhaps are doing something similar or aspire to do something similar? Because I think part of the reason why people aren't successful, because they don't really know what something fully entails, right? To get like the most accurate assessment of reality. So what would you suggest to people who like have an inclination or kind of a thought to do something like that? Well, one of the best tools that I've ever learned from Keller Williams is the career visioning process. So what I would encourage anybody that wants to grow their business and add people and add talent is to master the career visioning process. Because when you master that, you can surround yourself with amazing talent and life gets so much easier when you have amazing talent. Um, You know, uh, we had a coach by the name of Dan Sullivan, and he talks about Quick starts and implementers and quick starts are people much like myself and my husband, where we're ideas people, we, we have vision, we see where we want to go, but we're not great implementers on our own. We need to have a great team around us to implement our ideas faster than we can because we've got too many plates spinning. And, you know, understanding that you support yourself with people that are different than you. And that was some things that people don't get. They go and hire people that are just like them and then wonder why it doesn't work. Um, you know, I mean, the best implementer I've ever had is my executive assistant right now, Tamara, who is has grown immensely. And, and that's the other thing, being willing to let them grow, be willing to pay them what you need to pay them um, and teach them. Because you want them to push you out of your roles, you know, or help you find other people to push you out of your roles. That's the goal. Yeah. So I wrote down a few things like uh, I, I'm aware that the, the terminology might be different, but I read a book called Rocket Fuel where they talk about visionaries yeah. and integrators. Same thing. 
same exact thing, right? Where you guys are visionary, you have these ideas and you just have to surround yourself with people who can integrate those ideas and actually make them real. And then the other thing I've heard you say, and I've heard Gary say too, on his Think Like a CEO podcast, is I think a lot of people think to themselves, like, what's the least amount I can pay these people? Versus like, what's the most amount I can pay them and still have it make sense? And that's kind of what you're suggesting, right? Well, every one of our employees is attached to a bonus of some kind. And it's a bonus on success of that entity or opportunity that they're helping in. And um, yeah, it's um, it makes for a whole different attitude, I think, um, for people who really get it, you know, who, who are have that mentality of I want to be part of something. No, I'm not going to say that everybody's like that because there'll be people that don't that discount it, that don't, you know, oh, well, my salary is only this. Yeah, but you made $30,000 in bonus. Oh, <laughs> forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and you had health insurance and you had a matching 401k and, and, and because those are all the things that we offer. So, you know, we believe in trying to take the stress out of people's lives so that they can focus on their opportunity and be excited about coming to work every day not worrying about how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just writing down. So like um, this idea of having like a uh, bonus that's tied to, in a way, it's like a revenue kind of component. It's a profitability of the company. Yeah, it's like a profit share sort of thing where if you help the company profit, which gives ownership. I know Warren Buffett says like, you got to be careful how you incentivize people because it shapes behavior. And it's like you're intentionally rewarding a particular type of behavior. And then the other thing I think is awesome is this idea of not only bonuses, but health insurance plus 401k match. It's like, you're really intentional about like, Hey, we're going to take care of you here. So that way you can take care of this vehicle, whatever that is, whether it's a market center, whether it's a title company, whatever it is. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everybody's different. Remember all those roles require different thinking types of people, different behavioral styles. And for some, the security is so much more important than the opportunity. So you kind of have to combine all these pieces together. And that's like, you know, and then there, there will be some that just won't get it. And that's okay. You know, then they may not, they may not grow with you. And that's all right. It's, it's okay. Yeah, then you and have I people that start with you as a front desk person, like my executive assistant, who has been the front desk agent services was the regional operations manager and then asked if she could apply for my executive assistant role, which is a lot. She does a lot of things. She runs, we have a building, which is a lot of other things. And, you know, she started as a front desk. I mean. Yeah. Like you made your universe big enough that she could ascend within it. Correct. If that makes sense. Right. And she saw the vision. Yeah. Like she got it. And like you said, like some people won't and that's okay. And I think what stops a lot of people too, is like, you know, perhaps people like me and you who were like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. Or I wouldn't work for that amount, but that's not, not everybody's like us. Not everybody's very motivated by recognition or significance or money. They're motivated in different ways. Like you're saying like security or being a part of something. And it's just recognizing that, right. And creating an environment for others. So I guess I'm wondering for you, so we got the market centers and stuff. When did the title companies become a thing where it like went off in your brain? Like, oh, that's a natural kind of vertical integration to do. Well, it was actually during the boom uh, in 2000. We had, we had actually been part of a title company uh, relationship in the old company as just agents, as mega agents. 
And um, it was a group that had um, had created this and they were um, it was called um, Security First Title Partners back way back then. And that was that was back in uh, in the in the 1996, seven. I mean, they were way ahead of their time, just so that, you know. So we we were you know, we owned a few percentages, you know, not a lot. We had a few percent of the title company because it was the, the thought process was is a lot of people have a little bit and you have a really big pie. So a small piece of a big pie was well worth the money. People need to think like that instead of, oh, well, I need this big, gigantic piece, but you can only contribute so much. So the piece is never going to get any bigger or I need the whole pie. Well, that's not that doesn't work that way. So, you know, we learned that very early on with, with this group and, um, and it was very successful as we were with this other company as individual agents. When we decided to go to Keller Williams, they approached us and said, we'd like to launch a, a, a title company with you. And we said, that would be wonderful. So they launched a title company with us in 2000. And, um, and it was going well. Everything was great. Things were going along well. And then in 2004, they sold their op- their company, their opportunity to First American Title. And, uh, and of course, you know, you remember 2004, it was just crazy going and blowing and, you know, just insane amounts of business. And the title company was very busy and First American took over and the gentleman that they put in charge to help to this division had no clue what he was doing and they couldn't keep they couldn't keep staff because their job was to run it okay and we were just participants and they couldn't keep staff they couldn't keep you know employees they were burning through people they were making mistakes people were complaining and whining and screaming and yelling they were all coming to me as the owner of the market center and i finally said look if I have to, if I can't, you know, if I have to handle the problems, but I can't pull the trigger, meaning I can't hire and fire, this isn't going to work for me. So, um, you know, we, we went along with this for about another year, year and a half. And finally, we just said, we're done. And we parted ways and we opened our own, which is Star Title Partners. And um, it was the end of 2006, 2007. And, um, and, you know, we, we did a similar concept where, uh, you know, agents are partners. Oh, you did? Uh, yes, absolutely. We definitely 100%. That's the only way to do business. Uh, we give everybody opportunities and uh, not, well, I shouldn't say everybody, those that uh, show us their entrepreneurial spirit and, and are willing to be a participating partner because this is not a passive thing. I mean, you're all in the business. This is you, you want to feed your business and help it to grow. So, um, so yeah, so we opened the first one. And then uh, when we opened the Tampa Market Center, we opened, um, uh, we opened one over in Tampa as well. Um, shortly, you know, thereafter, uh, it's 2008, we opened one over there. And, um, and then we opened one in Cocoa Beach, uh, Howard, Howard Weinstein, who is actually now my OP, he uh, has a market center in Cocoa Beach, and he wanted to do one. So we partnered with Howard. We're the we're the managing partner, and then he has some agents involved, and in, and in that one's working. And now Mark Olish has a uh, market center in Fort Myers. We're looking at hoping to launch one there, and um, and then I've got some mega agents throughout the country that are or excuse me, the country, the state that are doing lots and lots and lots of business that they control that they would like to have an opportunity that they don't want to run it 
but they they want to be part of something. So we're we're open to looking at all different uh, things. You know, different. I've spoken to many of the offices, and in some offices are interested, some aren't, and it's not. It's just a model. We take care of everything, um, and uh, you reap the rewards. So, yeah. So yeah. what I love about that is it started off as like a partnership, and then it they hired a manager that wasn't good. And then you're like, okay, well, we still want to do this. So we're just going to do it ourselves. So you start right. to do it. You figure out your systems, your processes, your, your standard operating procedures. And then once you do that, you just pick it up, put it somewhere else, pick it up, That's put exactly it somewhere else. Doing. That's yeah. exactly what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I it's also- say that we didn't screw it up a lot. I'm not going to say that we didn't make a lot of mistakes because we did. Um, you know, that's called business. You learn and you grow. Well, and it's also at an opportune time in the sense that you're seeing like um, all of these different large pieces of the real estate puzzle all converging towards the middle. So they're all buying real estate offices or mortgage offices or title companies or things like that. So the idea would be my hallucination is, is as an exit strategy, if you have a bunch of these, if some big player comes along, is like, Hey, we want to buy them all from you. You'll be like, okay, cool. As long as the price is right. You never know. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not in that place right now, but, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, uh, you know what, the title companies were a lot sooner than that. 2003 is probably when I started launching them. So yeah, because yeah. Uh, we launched the Tampa one right after, shortly after we moved, maybe it was 2004, 2005. I don't know, but anyways, it doesn't matter. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, and that's becoming now a growth engine because there's all these opportunities, right? Yeah. So those will begin to pop up and you'll have more of those. And then I'm wondering like that, that, additional piece of this kind of vertical integration. So we have the seventh level office, we have, um, you know, market centers, we have title companies, and then the downline. Now I'm wondering for you, because the downline is now meaningful for you, right? As the second highest couple profit share earner in the company, uh, is, was that something that was also like exceptionally intentional for you? Or was it something that um, it just kind of happened? Well, we were more a little more organic um, than our business partners, but it was because we were. But it was organic because we were passionate. So, was there intention? Yes. Um, did we did we actually see it as a business in the beginning? No. I, I'm I'm be, I'm going to not lie to you. We did not see it as a business. We saw it as an opportunity. I didn't even understand profit sharing when we joined the company, and and in fact, it was that wasn't that important to me. Yeah, I'll figure it out until I had to to actually show somebody how it worked. And then I thought, oh boy, I better learn this stuff. And, you know, but by that point, what it was is our relationships is what drew over it anyways. So as I went around the, the country teaching, cause I was doing a lot of teaching and people would come to my classes that were not in our company and that knew me from other things, you know, from, you know, my other relationships. And they'd say, why did you make the move? And I say, give me your card and I'll have somebody call you. And they said, great. And that's how I did it. And, you know, and of course, I'd follow up with them, make sure they were, you know, they got followed up with. And that was the way it organically grew was through us sharing, the, you know, sharing our success, our stories, um, and then, you know, plugging them into the right person that could help them. And then I'm curious, like, at that, because you said it well, when I interviewed Linda McKissick, she said the way it came up for her, she was in a mastermind with Gary and um, they were all like, well, coming up with these ancillary businesses, like title companies. She's like, everybody had any, everything picked. 
So I didn't know yeah. what to do. And Gary was like, well, why don't you give me a business plan on how you can make a million bucks in profit share? Yeah. She was like, exactly. okay. Like it, it wasn't even something that she thought no. of herself. And then she came up with this business plan and she told me it was like 5,000 or like 20 and then help that person get 20. And then it was 5,000, yeah. right? Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And then it became this whole thing. So like for you, when did it, and I appreciate your authenticity because the truth is for me too. I mean, I've been with the company like 14 years. I really didn't understand the way that it worked for a long, like an embarrassing period of time. Cause I'm like, ah, like I'm just, I'm doing all these units. We're selling a couple hundred homes a year. I don't know, like whatever, we'll get to that at some point. But once I really understood what it was, like a light bulb went off. So when was it for you where you started to be like, oh, like this is like a, this is a legit business opportunity. Um, probably a couple of years in, um, like I said, we did it anyways, because we were passionate about the company. I actually felt an obligation and I still do to this day. I feel I have an obligation to tell as many people as I can about how great our company is and all the opportunities that there are within our company. Is our company right for everybody? Absolutely not. But is it right for most people? I I believe, I truly believe in my heart and soul that it is. So I feel it's an obligation that I share with as many people as I can. So I just kind of do it naturally out of my own passion for the company and that, you know, things kind of fall into place. So even not just for my own downline, because it may not be for my own direct, you know, set first level. Um, I do it for other people too. And I learned that um, very early on um, from Althea Osborne, who was the number one profit share earner in the company for many, many years. And actually we passed her out two years ago, my husband and I, um, and, uh, you know, we were right, right behind the McKissicks, but she, Althea's in her 80s. She was one of the original originals for Gary Keller. And she helped to build this company. She actually brought in South Africa into the company. But she um, she showed me that it all works out in the end. And when you just keep telling the world how wonderful this company is and what the opportunities are, people join. Some join in your downline. Some join in your downline. Some join in their downline. But we all reap the benefits because that downline might be in an office that I'm getting profit share from. Yeah. So at some point I'm winning because you know that's I'm adding to that to that profit opportunity and that's where I think people get they get caught up in you know did I bring them in versus helping those people get their people those people get their people and then just helping random people that may or may not even be in your downline um and their world changes. Yeah. Althea did that at a, at a Keller Williams uh family reunion, she came up to me and she said, do you have anybody you want me to talk to? I said, actually, I do. I have this mer- this uh, conversion office that I want, you know, that are, that are here looking at our company. And, um, and uh, it was, that was Susie Lawson and David Carlisle. And that has since created two offices. You know, we have Miami Northeast and we have Miami beach from that, from that conversion. She spent an hour and a half with those folks. And at the end of that conversation, they looked at me and they said, they said to her, are you, is she in your downline? She said, no. And, um, and they said, wow. And I said, well, you're not going to be in my downline either. And they said, wow. And they said, well, then we're going to be part of this company. And that was the end of the conversation. Yeah, it's super awesome. So, and what would you say for people who are like, well, like that was like, that was a huge opportunity at that time. Like, what would your, I know I'm, I have a, I'm imagining what you would say, but I want you to say it out loud so everybody can hear it. Yeah, like, no, I I don't. I think the top 
profit share earner hasn't joined our company yet. I think- and why do you feel that way? Because I can tell when you say that for those who might be listening to this and you can't see her, she said that with like absolute conviction. So like, oh, why right. do you, why do you believe that's true? Well, because our company's evolving and it's changing and we're attracting new and different types of people. And we've got more opportunities that are happening every single day. And, you know, as we evolve, that's only bigger opportunities. So, you know, I love it when people say, oh, well, you know, I didn't get in on the ground floor. You know what? Some people did. Some people didn't. They've got people that are that are up in the top 10 that joined the company in the last five years, you know, so it's not you don't, you got to be careful that you you don't stop your opportunity before you give it a chance. Um, because there's a lot more real estate agents out there than there was when I started 20 years ago. So there's a whole bigger opportunity. And our company is evolving and, and changing with the times. So what better than to have a company that you can continue to grow with? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you treat it like, uh, like we were saying, like a legitimate, like a business and have it have like, you know, an expense kind of uh, line item and have it be just like with any other business, you need to attract, convert and deliver and have mechanisms and systems in place for that, that it can be, you know, this idea of like standing right next to you, right? While you're doing the other things that you're doing. With our new technology with command, you can set it up where you, you know, where you can stay in touch with people. You can have a whole database of just future people to join our company. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it's, and like you said, it, it's, it's a, a lead generation type thing. It's the same thing. Um, and you're changing people's lives. I believe we change people's lives. And we've literally had people who have come up to us. This is many years ago. And they, we were on the streets in New Orleans. We were there for the family reunion and they were pushing their brand new baby in a baby carrier. And they, they put their arms around us with tears in their eyes and said, thank you for changing our lives. Yeah. And those two, the husband and wife have just, I mean, they had 10, 12 market centers in Georgia. They're, you know, they're just, they're massive. Now they're, uh, they own regions and they're, they're just, huge part of this company that they would have never had that opportunity. And they're very thankful and they're appreciative. And it was totally their decision to join. I just was the conduit that reached out to them. Yeah. That's so awesome. And to know that, like you said, you made an impact for them. So listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, This has been an enjoyable use of my time. I think people are going to get tremendous value to this. So if anybody has any questions for you, if they wanted to find you in some way, if they want to send referrals to any of your market centers, how could they do so? Um, best way would be through my email, which is Nikki U at KW.com. So that's N I K K I the letter U Nikki U at KW.com. Yeah. And I can promise you guys like super accessible, super kind, like the real deal. So again, thank you very much for taking the time. I know people are going to get a lot of value. I look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.